mind. Hello is the Sunset Collectors and Brad. Could you try slightly harder to actually no, identify fine. the podcast? <laughs> Hello, this is the podcast you are currently listening to, titled Fun Fat Collectors. I'm your host, Brad. And I'm Jadrian. And, and uh, Jade, what am I always asking you for? Literally every time we talk, we see each other. A compliment. No, I want photos of Spider-Man, damn it. <laughs> Give me fun facts about Spider-Man. <laughs> Fortunately, we have our dear friend Ryan here today. Hello. <laughs> it's me. He's a, a, a self-identified um, Spider-Man fanatic. It's, oh. it's my only personality trait. It's like <laughs> Spider-Man. That's what you need. Actually, I'm a little offended. You are wearing your Spider-Man shirt uh, and your I Spider-Man you sweater. Mm-hmm. But I'm a little mm-hmm. offended that you're not wearing the Spider-Man shirt that I made you that so, is your dog as Tobey Maguire. I, I knew you were going to say that and I'm very upset. Um, as you know, I just got back from where I'm doing my practicum for my schooling, and uh, that shirt is in the laundry because I wear it all the time. Ah! It's, a, it's a comfy go-to shirt. All right, um, I forgive you. And Jasmine was like, yeah, it's, it's in the wash. I'm like, oh. I forgive you. <laughs> yeah. And Brad's so, not wearing his Fun Fact Collector shirt that I made okay, him. One so. minute. I'll be right back then. <laughs> I would love oh, he's fun. leaving. Oh, good. Okay, he's gone. He's gone. Okay. So Perfect. this is now secret time for us to talk. This is when we rush to tell secrets yeah. before Brad puts the shirt on. We fired Brad. He, he's fired. Ryan's the new host. I put all my money into this podcast. And <laughs> Ryan is Spider-Man. Brad is... What's his name? A. JJ. JJ. Uh, J. You know. Jonah Jameson. Yes, thank you. <laughs> I I'm now wearing the shirt. <laughs> He's now wearing the shirt. Do yes. I get a shirt? You do not. Um, <laughs> it's a one of a kind that I made with my cricket. I mean, I could make you one. one yes. That's not I, a... Yeah, I bought the stuff to make myself one as well, and I haven't made it yet. So. I'll accept a really tiny one if that's okay. easier. Perfect. Yeah. We should get like little tiny, um, you know, those koozies for like your beer <gasps> cans that look like shirts that would be mm-hmm. pretty cute if i have a you... one of that so that'd be my second that'd be great fans yeah. of this podcast all one of you if you could please um just you know just bump us up in the ratings then we will get merch and that's our that's our promise to you you know we do have several five-star ratings on spotify right now really yeah because when i pulled it up to share with a co-worker the other day sorry I made well, accounts. I can I confidently to... <laughs> say that none of them are me, which is really exciting. I didn't know that we had any. We're all here today for fun facts about Spider-Man. Uh, so I think we've gone to see Spider-Verse to the Spidering. Yeah, uh, across uh, the Spider-Verse, I believe <laughs> is what it's called. <laughs> and yeah, I think Jay was like, ooh, there must be some fun facts about Spider-Man. Because we, we sit down, Ryan, to start watching spider-verse 2 spider bugaloo and she leans <laughs> over to me and she's like god i hate multiverse things everyone's gonna be a multiverse this is gonna be so stupid and no then that is starts. not what i said eh, okay okay you can correct me then what'd you say you're not wrong though i said <laughs> that every multiverse plot by necessity must have like the same three plot points you think you're alone in the universe you discover you're not alone in the universe. You discover another version of yourself and have to confront the things you don't like about yourself in seeing a mirrored version. And then you break the multiverse and somehow have to try and fix it. That is by necessity the plot of every single multiverse thing ever. 
And I, I whisper retort back to her, I'm like, yeah, but I'm pretty sure like the multiverse is like Spider-Man's thing. Mm. Like, I think the multiverse is a little more integral to Spider-Man. And here, here's where we just unleash the Ryan. Yes. No, so it's so funny because I've had this conversation recently where I've expressed <laughs> a fear. And I, I've said this. I said, I'm worried that people are going to see Spider-Man just for the multiverse. And to me, and this is just me, Spider-Man is so much more than that, right? Um and I think it is a really cool part of Spider-Man, though. That's like the really fun comic booky stuff, right? And I think it's it's weird that it's associated with Spider-Man, but I think that's just because he's such a popular character overall. Um, but I am kind of afraid of that. Like, I don't want all future Spider-Man stories to be about how he meets like a thousand other yeah. Spider-People. Yeah. And I will say that Across the Spider-Verse did convince me. I was going to say by the end, not even by the end, the first 15 minutes, I think I leaned back over to you and said, this is the best film I've ever seen. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I do think they do it differently, although adhering to those same plot points that I said by necessity. But um, I mean, I think... I mean, I'll go on this brief tangent and then I'll let us get back to the actual Spider-Man stuff. But I think the way to do the multiverse is to use it as a vehicle to show diverse perspectives, which I think the Miles Morales spider universe does very well because they're showing the perspectives of people who I think historically have been included in the comic books, but have not historically been included in the uh, more popular, easily accessible media like the early Marvel movies. So that's it. That's my only statement. I love it down a little bit. We we might come back there because I I, I've been doing some deep reflection on my love of Spider-Man after like when Jade asked me, yeah, like no joke. I shouted out loud to Jasmine. I'm like, Jasmine. (laughs) <laughs> Jaden Brad want me to talk about Spider-Man. I was so excited because I just I usually just talk about it without anyone want even asking or care. Well, they probably care because you guys are my friends, but mm. no one asked, and I'm just like, well, I'm gonna bring Spider-Man into this conversation. This is capacity. the entire premise of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Um, and for me, Jade, what you're touching upon, this idea that it, it's something I experienced when I first like fell in love with the idea of Spider-Man was kind of like seeing this character on a screen that I felt like I connected with in some way. And part of that is just because, you know, he's a generic white dude, right, at the end of the day. So that's me. I I see myself, but there's not a lot of representation out there. And I I really love what they're doing with Miles. And um, not just necessarily, like, I don't want to separate him as like, oh, he's just the other Spider-Man. He is Spider-Man, right? That's the whole point of that film as well. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not about just being another. It's... It's, We're um, all Spider-Man. Exactly. I really love what they did with Gwen in the second movie mm-hmm. because it really makes it, it opens it up even broader to like different experiences. And then having, I mean, we're, we we won't spoil the movie. It's still no. in theaters, which I didn't realize. Uh, it's It's having a good long run, so good for them. But having all of the, you know, not just the different Spider-Mans, but the different spider-man universes where they have their own like version of that quintessential new york city yeah um that they you know become the friendly neighborhood spider-man of which is great i saw in front of me too and it was like a moment i had a moment in the movie theater there was this young guy young little boy in front of me watching this movie and this was probably i wouldn't be surprised it might have been his first like spider-man movie and that's me back in 2000 what one two Mm. sam raimi spider-man and it's so cool seeing like you know for for that little that little guy 
that's going to be his Spider-Man. It's going to be Miles, right? Mm-hmm. I think that's so cool. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, and uh, we went to uh, our pride local Pride Parade the other day, and walking carrying like the largest pride flag i've ever seen in my life literally required like seven people on either side because it was so long was a guy dressed as spider-man yeah and my niece and nephew who are six and love spider-man love superheroes were like spider-man's gay (laughs) they were so excited so the idea that like yeah anybody we're all spider-man um and that's beautiful. Well, spider people just trying to survive in the spider world. So <laughs> share with us some of your fun facts, because I know you did um, prepare for this, which we greatly appreciate. Yes. Because we I, did not prepare. I, I had an interesting time trying to think how I wanted to tackle this, because for me, like Spider-Man 2, like Spider-Man overall, there's just so much. Like, I don't even know everything. I know that's a, that's shocking. <laughs> but there's so much to Spider-Man. So I wanted to kind of deep dive into some some of the weirder stuff like i wanted to explore things like i didn't even know about this um but i actually wanted to start with a fun little game if oh. <laughs> you okay and it's related to spider facts though don't worry okay. spider-man facts so i wanted to do two truths and a lie i <gasps> want to <laughs> i have three storylines that i am proposing exist have mm-hmm. actually and i'm gonna focus a lot on the comics probably mm-hmm. throughout this not so much the films um there's gonna be a lot of comic book stuff so these are all based on comic books two of these are true one of them is not i'm gonna read a brief synopsis and i want to see if you guys can figure out which I'm one's so the i'm so excited for that <laughs> okay cool okay awesome so the first one <laughs> uh is doc ock hatches a scheme to marry spider-man's aunt may to acquire a nuclear facility located in canada that aunt may recently inherited <laughs> okay. okay i'll let you sit with that for a bit I'll go to the next one if we need to revisit the couple. Mm-hmm. <laughs> go back. Mm-hmm. The next one, an alien in human disguise <laughs> attempts to um, convince teenagers to have unprotected sex using his power of vocal persuasion so he can create <laughs> a large crop of child laborers for his home planet. That is number two. Wow. I'm proposing that as a real Spider-Man storyline that has occurred. Number three, Spider-Man gets sick of his powers. He doesn't want them anymore. So he tries to get rid of them. But it backfires, and he himself gains four extra arms instead. That is, that is a storyline that I'm proposing has happened. I think I have my choice for what's the lie. Are you locked in yet, Brad? <sighs> they all sound hilarious. <laughs> We'll just cut this long silence <laughs> in the edit. Trying to think, I want to say the third one is the lie. Interesting. I was going to say the first one is the lie. That's that's because the, it's so out there. It's trying to like really bait you into it. I just think that, as we know as Canadians, um, the likelihood of Canada being mentioned in any u.s dominant media is so low <laughs> no but it's like it's not like you know aunt may's like oh yeah i have a nuclear facility oh you wouldn't know her she's in canada <laughs> <laughs> totally have this it's like your canadian friend i know 
Jasmine tells me American friends say it a lot. American people will say they have like this like Canadian friend or girlfriend, and yeah. that's just a way of saying they don't exist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. All right. What's the okay. trick? Okay. Okay. So don't be mad. I kind of bamboozled <laughs> you all. Is the trick it's because all three? This is real. Fun, this is fun fact, collectors. I don't propose anything that's unfactual. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, but. There is technically an exception to this. So I will say they're technically all real storylines that have been printed and published wow. before. But the exception to this is technically the second one. The alien human disguise convincing teenagers to have unprotected sex was based on a Planned Parenthood partnership in 1976. It was a one-issue deal, so it was not part of the Amazing Spider-Man run, uh. but it was an individual issue. It was a real storyline they proposed. Um, fun fact about the end of that comic, Spider-Man, as he, instead of quipping, just kind of has, like, positive sex messaging, I guess, <laughs> but also safety, right, regarding sex. Yeah. Um, but yeah. he defeats this alien by shooting Webb in his mouth, so he can't yeah. speak anymore, and then it just ends. <laughs> <laughs> so he saves the day. The first and third are real comic book storylines. Um, the first one, I want to go into detail, a little bit more detail about this nuclear facility. So apparently what happened in the storyline, this was published uh, in issue 131, which was pretty fairly early on in the comic book. Uh, uh, so like about what time period would that have been? I believe part? 131, probably like late 60s, early 70s. I, I would say. Okay, so uh, it would be during like seventies, um, yeah, World War kind of era. Mm -hmm. April nineteen seventy four. Yeah, that sounds about right. And that's the cool. thing you'll notice with Marvel comics in general, how they stood apart from DC is they really kind of leaned into like the not like factual science, but like the sciencey elements, right? Like you have mm. Bruce Banner, gamma rays. You have Fantastic Four's solar rays. A lot of rays, right? <laughs> yeah. Radioactive spider bites. So the, the very idea of like the idea of nuclear in general was kind of something they explored too. But this storyline, apparently what happened briefly was Doc Ock recently got out of prison and he hires like, like a housekeeper and Aunt May is just like, looking for work because a big part of spider-man is them struggling to get money most of the time so she decides to work and he somehow comes across a letter from a canadian lawyer it says that quote canadian lawyer that in that she inherited a nuclear facility in canada there's no explanation i i, I assume someone passed away and it's and just it's canada 70s. general canada is one amorphous blob yeah exactly the just States. the canadian lawyer the one lawyer we have um so he hides this information from her because she doesn't open the letter. He just finds it and cries because he's an evil person. <laughs> he kills the lawyer <gasps> and then attempts to marry her so he can then kill her and inherit this nuclear facility. I don't know why he wanted it. Probably just like supervillain reasons. But yeah, yeah so that was that's that's a real storyline. And the third one's also real. Not not as not as complex. Uh, he it really was just as simple as he didn't want his powers for some reason. He tries to get rid of them. It backfires. But uh, Doctor Connors, also known as the Lizard, uh, reverses it. But he for two issues he ran around with basically six arms. That's really funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm sorry I deceived you slightly, but I hope. Yeah. See, I even thought about being like, "Is this a trick? Are they all real?" <laughs> I should have. Well, I should have. Oh my god! I just love that we. We picked the two that mm -hmm. were actually real and correct. Mm -hmm. And then the second one, the only reason that I kind of uh, discounted it or not discounted it, but like was like, oh, that's probably true is because I was like, it may seem like talking about unprotected teen sex 
is too racy for comic books in you know the the vintage times i don't know 50s 60s <laughs> but actually i feel like villainizing teen sex is accurate and something yeah. that comic books would do and uh, i was just like I feel like that's too spicy a thing for Ryan to make up as the fake storyline. Can you imagine that's if true. I made that up? Oh my well, god! Well, <laughs> and Ryan, and also, well, listeners will have heard this episode. Sorry, the episode I'm referring to. By the time this episode we are currently recording comes out, but Ryan has not heard the episode. Um, but the what we just recorded last week was a deep dive into teens throughout the ages, and it ended up being such a big topic that I split it into two. And so we talked about um, the rise, the invention of teenagers and how comic books were connected to the U S government's fear of teenage delinquency. Oh, wow. So it all kind of connects. Uh, so I mean, hopefully you'll enjoy that episode, but like yeah. there was a lot of um, the idea of like, if you're a teen who reads a comic book and if you're a teen who like is breaking into businesses and being a, a vandal um Same they're thing. equally equally bad equally <laughs> juvenile delinquency yeah. like the u.s government the fbi wrote a report to the senate about how they had to worry about teens reading comic books that's so cool <laughs> I want to read really quick. I, I actually found a panel from this story, and I just find the writings really funny. <laughs> Spider-Man's on the wall. He's doing his Spider-Man action-y thing, and he says, Good grief. I see it all now. This guy's plan is to keep kids from getting facts. They probably don't even know that getting pregnant at their age is risky for mothers and babies. <gasps> like, he's just saying this while fighting this guy, and I just... I... They're trying to keep teens from getting facts where we are trying to deliver onto teens all of the facts. Exactly. Exactly. Spider-Man's fighting for us. He is fighting for the facts. Fantastic. You know? Excellent. So I hope you enjoy that. That's just like a glimpse into the world, the wacky wild world of <laughs> Spider-Man, especially the comics specifically. So next, I actually kind of wanted to ask before getting into this, because I, I definitely have to talk about like the origin of how this character was created as well, because yes, I find that's I also an interesting, <laughs> silly story. But I'm curious, like for you guys, like what was your first interaction or like when do you like learn about Spider-Man and like how much do you know about Spider-Man overall? Like. Yeah, I'll be honest for me, I'm trying to think of like, I don't know that I ever consumed any Spider-Man specific content before like the the Sam Raimi um, movie series. Is that the Tobey Maguire? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, other. Yeah. Like as at some point as a youth, you just learn that like Spider-Man and Batman and Superman exist and you don't know they're from different comic <laughs> publishers so you're like oh yeah spider-man's superman batman you know the the three big uh or at least you know for 90s kids i'd say those were like the three main superheroes um like i wouldn't have known who iron man was until mcu kicked off yeah um so yeah it's really just what like the movies have shown or um Man, I'm even trying to think of like Spider-Man video games I would have played, but I was never a PlayStation kid. Yeah, they had the um, classic PlayStation one. That was yeah. awful. <laughs> I guess I think I played it on like a neighbor's actually a GameCube. Why was it on GameCube? So was it the movie one? 
Yeah, it was like the Spider-Man 2 movie-based one. Oh, that game's awesome. <laughs> I love that game. I played that game just swinging around for yeah. hours. Um, but yeah, so no, other than what's in the movies, I don't think I've had a whole lot of exposure to the Spider-Man. Yeah, I definitely... Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man was like my first introduction. And um, I just looked up the year it came out. It was 2002. Mm-hmm. And... All the memes. I definitely i think i watched it when i would have probably been in like middle school but first of all i was scared of green goblin because <laughs> he's very scary in that he movie. is scary and secondly it was definitely uh kind of firmly placed in my mind as like oh that's a boy movie mm. and so i i think i've i've seen the first one i i think i've seen the second one which i watched as an adult i haven't seen the third one i haven't seen any of the andrew garfield ones oh, and wow. Now, as an adult, I am definitely, first of all, just more interested in, like, the superhero genre in general, but Mm -hmm. also um, less apt to be like, oh, that's a boy movie. (laughs) But, like, while y'all were watching Spider-Man, I was watching all of, like, the Barbie movies. (laughs) So this is, like, a a real-life Barbenheimer Exactly. Uh, oh <laughs> I'm so excited to see Barbie. We won't and go down on tangent, but that <laughs> again, my niece yeah. and nephew, they are superhero crazy. There are so many. I don't know if you would have encountered uh, like PJ Masks is like a little kid's show where basically mm. it's like Paw Patrol, but superheroes. Paw Patrol, the characters are basically superheroes. Yeah. And that has developed into a love for Spider Man, uh, Wonder Woman, Hulk. Like, they're super big into it. And I guess uh, I'm just glad that, like, we're no longer doing the, oh, that's a boy movie thing. (laughs) Me too. Yeah. And I I think it's so interesting because funny enough, like, honestly, I'm in the same boat. Now, I would have been, I remember the day. (laughs) I remember the day I became a (laughs) Spider-Man fan. And there is a reason for that, though, because it almost was like shoved down my throat but not in a bad way but that's what it felt like um but same story like my my introduction to spider-man was primarily the first spider-man movie and jade similar to you but i was i'm i'm a little bit older mm-hmm. i was th- i think i was nine but i was a huge scaredy cat which is funny now because i watch horror movies like i don't think there's a lot that bothers me but i was really easily scared <laughs> and startled yeah. and disturbed and i remember the first movie being really intense for me even at that time but for me what happened was my uncle visited and he <laughs> i don't know if he was just trying to earn our love through gifts or something <laughs> like that but he always brought gifts and we always got really excited and within the same day he comes down he got me my first issue of spider-man which was i actually found it because i remembered what it looked like it was issue amazing spider-man 388 uh titled what was it titled i have it here the sadness of truth and the cover <laughs> is spider-man holding his dead parents oh, uh, as he oh. cries in anguish um <laughs> wow. so this is my first spider-man comic uh fun fact about that the storyline is how the chameleon creates android versions of his parents to make him convinced that his parents actually didn't die because he wants <laughs> he, he wants peter well spider-man to reveal his identity to his parents so he thinks like by creating android versions of his parents and tricking it was ridiculous i didn't understand it as a kid it's also the final part of that story arc so i was just looking at the pictures i thought it looked awesome <laughs> looking back at it now apparently it's actually part of what a lot of people consider one of the dumbest storylines in <laughs> spider-man so i 
it could only go up from there for me, to be honest. And he also got me a bunch of action action figures. Do you do you guys remember those cans of foam you can shoot out and they yeah, would just create a yeah, mess? Yeah, like silly string. Yeah, yeah. So there was like a Spider Man version of that. It came with a glove. Oh, yes. Put it in. I went in my backyard. I just sprayed it everywhere. My mom. I ruined her garden. She uh-huh. was not happy about that. But and then that same day, getting these action figures, the comic. The silly string. He's like, let's go see the Spider-Man movie all in one day. So after that day, like Spider-Man was just like so ingrained in just my childhood, really. At that point, I associated with a lot of good memories. Um, so that was my exposure to Spider-Man, and I I have been a fan ever since. But it, it was a while before I started reading the comics. I wasn't reading the comics as a kid, right? Like I watched mm-hmm. the movies. I watched the cartoon the 90s cartoon um oh yeah i definitely you know what i will backtrack i definitely watched the 90s cartoon we had only a couple of channels when i was growing up until i was a teenager and so we would watch uh fantastic four Mm. and then the amazing spider-man came on after it's that classic um the you know when you picture the spider-man theme song the cartoon sequence is from that show Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's like the pointing meme. That's from that as well, isn't it? That's six. That's that's like the old '60s show, oh. I believe. So mm. you know, like yeah, Spider Man, Spider Man. Okay. That's old '60s. There's a '90s show, and it's very '90s because even Peter's shirt. You know that like styrofoam like paper. Yeah, the cup solo with, cup jazz. Yeah, his shirt is that color scheme. <laughs> so oh, like it wild. is like '90s. Yeah. Uh, so I grew up on uh, grew up on that stuff. Um. I came and back. I watched the '60s version. '61 is hilarious. There's some really funny stuff in there. I watched that too on like Teletoon mm-hmm. Retro. I think it eventually became. Yeah. yeah. So, anyways, I just I thought it'd be good to talk about that. Like the beginning of Spider-Man for us. Now I can kind of talk about you know how did Spider-Man come to be. So, Spider-Man was created by as everyone knows. Everyone knows Stan Lee at this point, mm-hmm. right? He's very very popular within the comic book world. But Stanley and Steve Ditko, and I think Stanley is great, but I, I always want to shout out Steve Ditko because he did the art for Spider-Man. And he is a huge part into like really bringing life into Spider-Man. He designed the costume. He he did a lot of art across, like, I'm pretty sure he did like Doctor Strange, Fantastic Four. And as Thor. everyone knows, drawing all the lines on Spider-Man is really hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a lot going on. And he did it all himself, just two guys, right? But Stanley was largely responsible for the creation of the character and concept. Um, and he did all the writing for the earlier stuff. I think he wrote like maybe even up to like 200 plus issues. Wow. Now, yeah, they did a lot. So interesting about Spider-Man, he actually first, actually before I get to that, how Stan Lee came up with Spider-Man was as simple as they, they just finished doing Fantastic Four, which was a huge success. Fantastic Four was making Marvel the big bucks. So naturally, there was a lot of pressure to create a new character. And Stan Lee took almost a year to trying to figure out what he wanted to do for a new superhero. And all of a sudden, based on what he describes, <laughs> he saw a fly fly into his office and it just landed on the wall and it started crawling. And that's when the idea hit him. He knew his character it was going to be stick to wall man. I kid you not. His first his first name for Spider-Man was stick to wall man. Now, of course, he workshopped this a bit because it didn't really roll off the tongue. Um, he tried a couple other ideas. Insect man, fly man, mosquito man. Um, one thing to note, too, a lot of hyphens. You'll notice Spider-Man has a hyphen. Now, mm. it's not actually for punctuation. Uh, the reason why he really stuck with the hyphen was because at this time, Superman was really popular. 
And when he eventually developed Spider-Man as a name that really stuck to him, Spider-Man and Superman kind of, he was worried people would get confused because of the S and the man part, it was right? like visually. Yeah. Exactly. So he's like, hyphen. There's, <laughs> it, um, it, yeah. there's a joke in Friends where um, they're talking about Spider-Man and Joey says something and Chandler goes, well, Spider-Man isn't his last name. He's the Spider-Man. It's not like Goldman. <laughs> Spider-Man. Spider-Man. <laughs> Spider-Man. I mean, I kind of wish he was Spider-Man. You know? Spider-Man. Or stick to Wallman. Honestly, stick I feel like Wallman. we really lost out there. But, There's a, you know. Yeah, that would be good. That's kind of yeah. funny. Well, the bar out. was so much lower early days, like before <laughs> yeah. the internet. <laughs> Yeah, really? like imagine trying to come up with like a new hero today. Like back, it's like uh, this guy. Uh, he's like he's just good at everything, man. It's like I don't know, like great man, good man, Superman. Ah, Superman, good enough. Yeah, <laughs> uh, he's like he's like the darkness. Oh, like a bat, Batman. <laughs> no notes. This guy's on the wall. Eh, Spider Man. Yeah, all right. It's a Tuesday. Let's get out of here. Spider Man, we got him. Um. Fun fact, like, I actually just thought of this, too. This one's more common, but Peter Parker, a lot of uh, early comic book character names, um, their first initial and last initial were usually the same, right? Peter mm. Parker, Reed Richards, mm. uh, Bruce Banner. It's because Stanley had an awful memory, and it just helped him remember their names. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, so he creates Spider-Man. He creates the concept. He approaches Steve Ditko. Steve Ditko does basically, he does a bunch of iterations of what Spider-Man looks like, and the costume really is unchanged to this day. Uh, the main thing is that I, I actually i don't even know if they really changed that but he usually has like webbings under his armpits as well that's mm. a big part of spider-man's costume but that costume has been around you know since that first issue and they approach at the time the head of marvel was martin goodman and his response to this idea and this concept was and i quote that's the worst idea I've ever heard. Uh, <laughs> he was not a fan of Spider-Man. His reasonings were, um, no one likes spiders, so why would they like Spider-Man? They, everyone thinks spiders are creepy. Um, second thing, and this was new, was that Spider-Man at this time, he was written as a teenager, right? He was 15 years old at the time he got his powers, basically mm. turning 16. And at this point in comic books, the teenagers, like the awkward teenager character was always the sidekick they were never the lead of a comic. So what, what Stan Lee was trying to propose here is like a really different take on the superhero, right? Like mm. he's an awkward kid. He's dealing with real life issues. And this eventually becomes the reason why this character becomes so popular. But he he's trying to create a character that's actually relatable to most people during that time. Um, now, Martin Goodman responding to, you know, business stuff, the market at the time, doesn't think this is a great idea. He, he thinks this is the worst idea possible. But at, at the end of the day, he does come to a compromise because Stan Lee, you know, came up with the Fantastic Four, right? They have been bringing in successes. So he, he makes a compromise by allowing them to create a one-issue run um, within their line, Amazing Fantasy. So... Spider-Man shows up in number 15 of Amazing Fantasy in 1962. Now, the fun thing about Amazing Fantasy was that this was a failing comic line. <laughs> so <laughs> he he really hadn't, he was like, you know what, go for it. Like, this isn't selling. <laughs> Just put spot, do your freaky, weird, middle nerd Spider-Man <laughs> story. Um, we'll see what happens. And then the rest is history. N now, I'm pretty sure uh, as of last year in August, there's over 900 issues of Spider-Man, um, which on and off was normally monthly eventually became bi-weekly uh, and that's just amazing spider-man alone right there's different lines of spider-man ultimate spider-man amazing spider-man 
spectacular Spider-Man. Hmm. Just okay, Spider-Man. Spider yeah, the, the canon storyline of Spider-Man, the main the main run. Um, and yeah, and that's that's how Spider-Man kind of came to be. Just funny enough, kind of related to his character, he's kind of a loser <laughs> ultimately, <laughs> and he just he somehow he just somehow pushes through and becomes successful. That's wild. I also just like imagine if they in, there's an alternate universe out there somewhere where the only thing that's different is that Spider-Man's name is still stick on wall, man. <laughs> <laughs> I want to live in that timeline. I want to visit that timeline. I want stick on wall, man in the multiverse movie for sure. That would Where's, be great. Where is stick on wall, man? I wonder what his costume would look like. I don't know. <laughs> just covered in jam. <laughs> Just a gross sticky man. No, he's just like, and his power is just like, you know, those sticky hands that you'd yeah. get at like the Scholastic Book Fair and you'd like throw it and it would like leave stains on the walls and your mom would get mad. That's his power. He's just like, thwap, thwap. <laughs> and he slowly peels away. <laughs> he's like, just give me a second. It just takes and there's like a big like residue left. So every, all of his enemies know exactly where he went. No one likes sticky wall, man. Uh, but to be like, I—I'll I, be honest. Like, it, in defense of Martin Goodman, like I—I I actually kind of understood where he was coming from. <laughs> like, if you really kind of put yourself in his shoes, right? And someone comes up to you and you're like, "We want to create a main line. We want to put the Marvel title on this. We want to create a whole series based on this guy named Spider-Man." I could see why he was like, yeah. "I don't know." <laughs> that yeah, seems kind of weird. I definitely hear the argument of like people generally don't like spiders. And I will also, for context, tell you a fact that was revealed in our last episode that hasn't come out yet. But in the 60s is when there was this huge panic about mm. comic books and juvenile delinquency. So what happens is in, I think, like 1940, the first Archie comics come out. And that is like the first teen humor comics. And so it's the first time that they're really marketing um, anything really to teenagers specifically and then in the 60s is when um these teen humor comics develop into this kind of dual split between romance comics which are like very mature themes and mm. horror comics which are very mature like violent themes and there was actually an entire inquest in the 60s there was that report by the fbi and then there was an inquest in the senate in the 60s um basically being like don't you think it's in poor taste to have you know these themes in comics that teenagers are reading mm. um and that is when like the comic book standards were developed that were adhered to for the next 60 years well i was actually going to follow up with that too it's interesting you mentioned archie because that's essentially like what spider-man was when they mm -hmm. released um his comic like and that the, his success really did come down to initially was because he was an awkward loser right <laughs> like he is like that is a defining trait and when i say like loser in that case it's more so like the amount of loss he experiences but he he just constantly just had the worst luck right like he, he was just struggling to make money he was trying to find work he had a hard time you know with relationships he like th that's what made the character so interesting to most people at that time is because you have this superhero also balancing just trying to you know get through high school right mm -hmm. trying to meet ends meet like you know they have they're living with their aunt and they're trying to support their aunt one of like in He's the very kind of an early harry potter yeah it really you is. Think about it. <laughs> yeah, and I think that like really speaks to a lot of successful properties too. Mm -hmm. Like when you really kind of like finding a way to 
talk to people where you can kind of be like, yeah, like, you know what, even these, like, even people in these situations kind of experience hardships, right? Well, it's like meeting people where they are. Yeah. And it's, it's the everyman. Like, there's definitely an aspect of, I mean, I think that's why things like um, the Kardashians and like Vanderpump Rules and Selling Sunset are so successful. It's because we want to live vicariously through these like, super rich and famous, and see all of their like ridiculous hardships that they go through that you're gonna but, call them every man's no but <laughs> then i'm saying people. in contrast mm-hmm. i think we have characters like spider-man where we can see ourselves in spider-man more so and be like oh yeah spider-man has the same problems i have where like i gotta deliver pizzas <laughs> pizza, time. pizza time but that's why it's so important like that is a core concept of spider-man is and that's why like the direction spider-man's going in now is so important having more people be able to relate to because Sp- that is that is what mm-hmm. made spider-man successful ultimately so just having him just be peter parker all the time just this white guy it doesn't work anymore right yeah um so one of my favorite things too though it just reminded me because at one point i did start reading from the very beginning um, all the like Spider-Man issues and issue one, no joke. Like the storyline for this issue is Peter is trying to make money. Like he's struggling, but he has these cool powers now. So he's like, man, I can get rich. I can figure out a way to get rich while also saving people. So he tries to get in with the Fantastic Four and the whole comic is him like trying to prove himself to the Fantastic Four, right? Like, hey, look, I'm really useful. Please take me on. I want to join the team. And they eventually let him on. They're like, congrats. Welcome to the Fantastic Four. Um, and he's like, great. So when do I get paid? And they're like, what? <laughs> he's like, yeah, when do I get my first like paycheck? And they're like, my guy, we're like nonprofit. Like, we don't get paid to do this. And he's like, peace. And he just left. He's like, that's the first issue of Spider-Man. It's just him, like, he just trying to make money. There was another issue where he went around trying to sell his web fluid because Peter Parker in the Marvel universe is considered a genius and they kind of developed this later mm-hmm. <laughs> in the universe compared to the early issues. But he, you know, he kind of just within his own room develops like this crazy, like web fluid. And one of the issues is him just trying to sell it to people. And he's just going around to scientists like, Hey, will you buy this? <laughs> like, <laughs> well, and, and they're like, no, because it like dissolves later. We don't want it. It's useless. useless. And he's like, Oh, darn. <laughs> so can yeah. you, can you, drill in a little more on that because i feel like there's almost like two parallel images of what spider-man is there's spider-man the mutant freak job who (laughs) just (laughs) that's overly aggressive but i I feel like he's he's always somewhat above average strength can can jump around yeah but the web i feel like i've seen like shoots like, out of his skin web, yeah. Versus, versus like web like web shooters. Yeah. So like, what what's what's the original canon web shooters? Really interesting. Yeah. So and the reason why though the organic became so popular, this ties into another little fun fact. I'm going to go down. Okay. Um, where that organic aspect came from, but that was that was decided by Sam Raimi because his his mindset on it was that if this guy developed this like advanced chemical fluid that is incredibly strong. Like, why wouldn't he just sell it and become become rich? Which to me was really funny. I'm like, well, you, you clearly didn't read issue blah, 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 where you tried to do that. And everyone's like, well, this is useless to us. But, yeah, no, ultimately, it's always been web shooters. That's been the norm. Okay. Um, and it was it was to kind of tap into that the nerdy aspect of Spider-Man, right? Because mm-hmm. like really at that time, Spider-Man, what they were trying to speak to were like these nerdy, lonely, like young men, mm-hmm. right? Young boys, ultimately. Very book um, smart, not a whole lot of social skills. Yeah. And then eventually it just becomes like, 
buff and amazing at everything and but they still kind of tap into even despite that like he still struggles a lot but they wanted to tap into this aspect of like he's actually also really intelligent and he's really clever and he kind of creates this technology kind of tapped into like what batman was doing at the time too mm-hmm. so it was kind of like a combination he also used to have a belt with like the little spider symbol on it and it had a flashlight uh they used that for a bit they got rid of that eventually but he would he would create like spider trackers that's actually still fairly common in the yeah they, i think yeah. that's uh, they use those in the um tom holland version i think they've got spider trackers there but yeah. i always would have assumed that it was organic because he got bit by the spider yeah <laughs> what does he get from the spider if not the web shooting it, and really it's 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 really just sticking just to, to walls. change a mindset <laughs> <laughs> Sticking he believes the walls. in himself. <laughs> He's super strong, ten to- like the same strength or ten times of a human, whatever. I okay. I forget the stat. And uh, spider sense is a big component. Oh, of Oh yeah, okay. right. Yeah. Yes. But I think his challenge was like, well, crawling around on buildings is really slow. <laughs> so <laughs> it kind of create this idea of like, okay, like let's make him like an innovator and like invent mm. things and create technology and that's where the web shooters came from and it also it also kind of fed into the storylines they could create where he constantly was also trying to get money so he could create his web fluid yeah and it kind of created drama for him like you know how superman had like kryptonite peter did, like spider-man doesn't have a weakness per <laughs> se it's a budget his budget <laughs> is his weakness yeah it really is or like the lack that's of resources relatable. like he's like <laughs> There's that moment like, oh, man, I'm going to chase after the villain. And he's like, oh, I'm out of web fluid. And he just has to go home <laughs> more. That's also my weakness. <laughs> Lack of funds. Lack of fun. And it's very true, though. That, that's that's a really big, it's a really big part of Spider-Man. Um, and that was like the early comics. And eventually as Spider-Man goes on, and I won't get too sappy about it, but um, really Spider-Man is kind of also defined a lot by um his like loss as i mentioned but also like trauma and grief too like really big components because of the people he loses and how he loses them they kind of define his life not define his life but it's something that exists mm-hmm. right within his world constantly and it's kind of like a con not a it's kind of a consequence too of what he does and that constant battle of like if i keep doing this are people going to get hurt but versus I kind of have this responsibility because of the the abilities I have, mm-hmm. which for me is what, as I grew older and kind of reflected on Spider-Man, it's made me what really liked him. As a kid, he just looks cool though, right? And he's so dynamic in like how he like fights people because he's not just flying or running. He's like crawling up walls, mm-hmm. flipping around. Um, but then I, I, found, I found as I got older, just kind of really reading Spider-Man comics, like th- th- there's a lot of cool aspects about it that I, once again, I think it really comes down to just how people can relate to him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they really t- show that uh, grief aspect, like the the price you pay to be able to do what you do in the latest Miles Morales. It's a huge part. Yeah, yeah, that's a huge part of that, which is really and, interesting. And I really appreciate that because that is that is a really core component of that mm. character and the kind of like the struggle he deals with. Yeah. So Spider-Verse, the first Spider-Man content that has Miles Morales? Uh, No, actually, Miles, I mean, this could be a whole different episode, but (laughs) a really short couple sentences. Miles existed within the the Ultimate Spider-Man universe, which was just a slightly different universe that could kind of explore different stories compared to Amazing Spider-Man without, like, destroying the canon. Mm -hmm. And in that universe, their Spider-Man does die, and 
that's a way for them to introduce Miles. And then eventually later down the road, they have this whole event called Secret Wars. Universes all collapse together, and now Miles exists within the same universe, within the comic world, uh, as Amazing Spider-Man now. Um, but he, I, I don't remember when he came about, what year it was, um, but I think it was like, maybe like 20. 11 12 like i feel like it was shortly after i got out of high school august 2nd 2011 (laughs) there you go yeah that makes a lot of sense um but in in canada we know him as kilometers morales so (laughs) sorry (laughs) um that was good thank you thank you i thought of that uh many weeks ago (laughs) so thanks for giving me that that um these are the facts we're here for excellent i do have okay so this one's a wild one i wanted to i want to talk about some wild stuff um Mm -hmm. and we're talking about the movies a bit so i did not know that about this um and i don't have too many details about it but apparently there was a time where james cameron was actually going to create a spider-man movie of his own so this was before the time of sam raimi um now, how far the movie got was not far. Basically, he kind of like penned the whole story and they complete like a whole storyboard of this movie. That's about as far as it went. Um, but essentially, the movie was going to star Edward Furlong, who is the, the young boy in Terminator 2. Um, I didn't know who he was. I looked him up. I don't think he's been in a lot since then. Um, he was going to be Peter Parker. Leonardo DiCaprio was going to be Harry Osborn. Drew Barrymore as Gwen Stacy, and this is the big one. They're gonna have Arnold Schwarzenegger as Doc Ock. Oh, that kind <laughs> of vibes. And I was like, I mean, I kind of want this movie. Like, yeah. and I feel like we deserve this movie at some point. Like, we have the multiverse. Just say it's like a whole different storyline. We have the power of AI. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Now, apart from this, though, apart from this stellar cast, um the tone of this movie was going to be completely different. Um, This was going to be like a hard R Spider-Man. He was going to swear like a sailor. That's the quote I got was swore like a sailor, have (laughs) passionate lovemaking with Mary Jane atop the Brooklyn bridge (laughs) while discussing the mating rituals of spiders. That was very specific, Um, but that is a quote. Apparently that was a conversation they were going to have. And they were going to have like a climatic battle on top of the World Trade Center. So this was like quite a while ago when this happened. So this was like a wild movie. Um, and back to what I was talking about before, this was where they designed the idea of having organic web shooter, uh, like organic web for Spider-Man instead. Oh, okay. And that's the only thing Sam Raimi took from this, <laughs> this whole idea. Um, unfortunately, I would have loved Arnold Schwarzenegger as anything, honestly, within I, I don't know. That could have been really interesting. I just think Doc Ock is really like he would suit that very well. I can mm. see him kind of like coming out of the darkness with all of the mm. like arms. Hello, Peter. Well, have, have you seen him in Batman yet? Have you got to that in your Batman journey, Jade? Uh, you would oh, know. I must have. You well, would know. We've watched up to the first like sad boy batman movie. are you doing every series or just like one movie from each no we're doing all of them oh, so okay. we started with like the 60s batman yeah. they're fantastic i am now a big old batman fan which i never thought i would say that's um, good maybe i can come back someday for batman because batman's also okay well, we'll, put really a, we'll put we can... a audience please pump this up and then we'll, maybe we'll bring ryan back <laughs> and then we'll, we'll replace brad 
<laughs> wow. That's what we were said. That's what we said was happening while you were putting your shirt on. You couldn't hear us. <laughs> yeah, I bought out this your whole little you know company here. Uh, I mean this as like a compliment too, and maybe I'm kind of embarrassed to say it, but I did not realize that Arnold Schwarzenegger was Doctor Freeze until I was like probably. 18 like i I seen the movie before i just never made the connection for some reason and it absolutely blew my mind i was like i i can't believe that was the thing i can't believe i didn't notice it but i think it just speaks to his range as an actor yeah because he was in the Clooney batman and i yeah okay yeah i knew this i will say Clooney batman was the worst batman oh a hundred percent he's the only thing that's memorable from that movie um, yeah, I'm not gonna say good. That might be a strong word. Memorable is a I good a, choice. <laughs> I, I got an actual Ryan here. Uh, Freeze isn't a doctor. He is just Mister Freeze. Oh, Mister, but he is a doctor. That's the thing. Listen, Wikipedia has an article for Mister Freeze. Name. You're correct. The, the Wikipedia article for Doctor Freeze is for an American singer. Oh, uh, oh. maybe th- I wonder what. <laughs> You're, you're absolutely right. I knew as soon as I said it to you, I was like, "Man, that sounds wrong," but I'm not gonna correct myself. <laughs> Yeah, Victor Free. Oh, yeah, and his last name is F R I E. Fries. So stupid. <laughs> Mr. Fries. Oh. Flipping oh. burgers at McDonald's. <laughs> yeah. So that's a movie we never got, and I'm sad about it. But Oh, know. hold on, hold on. Okay, oh. Mr. Freeze is the alter ego of Dr. Victor Fries. Oh. Or Freeze. Disrespecting Why the would he take no. away his own yeah, credential? I don't know. That's a great question. Yeah. Like, if I was going to become a supervillain, I would add Doctor. Because, like, <laughs> I'm already committing obvious. crimes. Who cares about fraud? <laughs> True. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, this isn't well, ethical. I can't call myself a doctor if I'm harming exactly. people now. <laughs> exactly. The, the hippopotamus oath. Or it's like... Um, <laughs> It's like it's like Al Capone, right? You know, like what 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 charge are they going to draw him up on on like freezing Batman to a block of ice? There's no charge for that. <laughs> Pretending you're a doctor when you're not. Oh, 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 that's that's probably you know it's easier to get him for the white collar stuff, right? Like that's tax true. evasion. That's true. <laughs> all right, all right, but this isn't the Batman episode. This is no. just a teaser trailer for the future episode. Exactly. And really quick, I'm sorry, I know you just tried to move us on, but all right, you, we'll go back. Uh, Brad, you cut watch- this so that it sounds right. <laughs> are you watching the Batman animated series as well at any point? Or have you uh, watched that? We haven't watched it yet, but we might okay. add to the we just started with the movies, um, and they've just been hilarious. That's all I'm gonna say. You should watch that. All right. It's excellent. I, all right. Okay. I feel like that's like the definitive <laughs> Batman in my mind. It's like the perfect blend of like gritty, gothamy vibey and yeah. Because I, I I love the first. We're going full Batman now. Um, <laughs> like the first Christopher Nolan movie, like Gotham feels like Gotham, and then like in two and three, it's just New York again. Like where where is all like the fun Art Deco brutalist architecture that Batman's always like lurking on top of? But have y'all watched like the '60s Batman movies? Because they are oh. hilarious. <laughs> they are so funny, <laughs> and I guess I just didn't realize. Okay, this is the last thing, and then we'll get off that. <laughs> yeah. I, as a person who had never consumed any DC at all, had always assumed that Batman was kind of like cringe because it took itself too seriously. Mm. No, no, no. Mm-hmm. Batman is absolutely, it's like slapstick comedy. And the the more modern you get with the movies, the less 
slapstick outright it is but it holds on to those elements and is like constantly poking fun at itself and i've been really enjoying that aspect of it when you said you got to sad boy do you mean robert pattinson no no we're oh. not to robert pattinson yet i think it must i think it's the christopher nolan ones yeah it's like mm-hmm. when they kind of take the turn to be like darker batman yeah I have strong opinions about those movies. I have strong opinions about Batman. And if we do have a Batman episode and I somehow make it on, there is a story to how Batman became dark and gritty and it happened in the comics. But tying back to Spider-Man, fun fact, (laughs) Spider-Man and Batman at one point did team up in the 1995 Spider-Man and Batman (laughs) crossover event. Um, Wow. I just honestly, I was just curious if they've done that. They did it. It was a partnership with Marvel Comics and DC. Um, I'm actually trying to figure out like what the story was for this and how it happened, but this is not very helpful here. But all I know is that, oh yeah, Spider-Man and Batman team up to stop the Joker in Carnage. It was followed by Batman Spider-Man New Age Dawning in 1998, which uh, featured Ra's al Ghul in the Kingpin. That's kind of cool. Um, I don't know how they how they like came to be. I don't know <laughs> what the hmm. story is there, but Wild. they um... have interacted before. I just Googled Spider-Man Batman crossover and I need you both to know that the first suggested ending of that was fan fiction. And (laughs) I mean, that's basically what all of these comics have become at this point. They're kind of like, what if we just did like a little crossover and what would happen if maybe, maybe they came and then maybe they kissed a little bit. Bunch of money. Where's (laughs) the fun fact collectors fan fiction? Oh yeah. We're going to need that. Come on, fans, get weird. <laughs> Please don't. We should put that on a t-shirt. Come on, fans, get weird. <laughs> get weird. I want to see Batman get Spider-Man. <laughs> so bad. Uh... <laughs> We're just going to clip this. <laughs> this is going to be my new ringtone. This is all I think about every day. I want to see Batman kiss <laughs> Spider-Man, Spider-Man so bad. So bad. <laughs> I do have one more one more crazy fact and it's actually kind of tied to the movies again now there was a point in time believe it or not and we talked about this earlier brad you mentioned iron man and what i Mm -hmm. find really interesting with iron man is that spider-man did for marvel comics what iron man did for the marvel cinematic universe right like it was it really kind of exploded like marvel as like kind of like a name essentially and also it kind of gave them the space just like the comics where i believe it was one of the first times a character like basically interact with another comic book character like the fantastic four right mm-hmm. and iron man funny enough it, it's just it's funny how these things are kind of like echoes where now we're at this point where there's so many marvel films i feel like just like the comics where it's so hard to get into comic books because mm-hmm. there's just so many different like storylines where do i start it's like that with the marvel stuff i 100 percent agree yeah if you want to see the marvels well you gotta watch like two shows <laughs> uh and i think like three movies to make sure you understand everything going on well so i don't even know i saw something talk about how like barbenheimer has outperformed like all of the marvel movies this year i was like how many marvel movies i don't even know i don't even know <laughs> yeah it becomes like an oversaturated market and i think like what you're saying like i definitely feel like um comic books are kind of inaccessible in just that they're so overwhelming because like where do you start Mm -hmm. and then i do agree it's the same thing like i definitely have not kept up with the marvel stuff that has come out since endgame because it's just there's so much that you kind of feel obligated to consume to like make sure that Mm. you understand all of the uh 
nitty gritty plot points. And there's a consequence to this, and this is what I'm leading to. So there's actually a point. Um, I didn't even know this, so I don't even know how they bounced back. But in 1996, Marvel actually did declare bankruptcy. They were down wow. bad. Yeah, and a, a big common, like a big reason for that. There was a lot of different things. Most of it was usually just bad business decisions. For example, I think they they mentioned something about trying to like self-distribute. For example, that's an example. But one of, one of the big things was actually like the, the straw that broke the camel's back was the saga by um, for Spider-Man. It was called the Clone the Clone Saga, and the storyline I haven't read it. Of it's something about Peter convinces himself that he's not real and he's a clone and then this storyline lasted for like two years essentially from 1994 to like 1996 and in 1996 apparently was the year that marvel went bankrupt and that like i said many business decisions contributed to this but this storyline was also part of it and the main reason was that because it was long and it was overly complex and convoluted and as i mentioned things echo so i'm just i'm looking at the marvel cinematic mm. universe right now and i'm a little concerned but during this time, um, there was a point where none other than Michael Jackson decided that he was going to buy Marvel. And there was a reason why he wanted to buy Marvel, um, because he wanted to be Spider-Man. And <laughs> he wanted to be Spider-Man in the movie so bad. He approached Stan Lee and Marvel many times, trying, trying to like, ask him, like, can I please have the rights to the movies so I can be Spider-Man? And they're like, no, Michael Jackson, you cannot. <laughs> <laughs> and so during that year when they went bankrupt, he made a serious offer to buy Marvel. And now Marvel was asking for $1 billion in 1996. So even Michael dollars. Jackson's like, nah, I'm okay. That's a lot of money. Um, <laughs> so we could have lived in a world where Michael Jackson owned Marvel. And which somewhere I... out there in the multiverse, Michael Jackson <laughs> is the Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we haven't rebooted it 16 times. There's just been 16. Michael Jackson, Spider-Man. That's kept him alive. Spider-Man just moonwalking. I was just thinking that. (laughs) So cool. It's like everything is exactly the same, except Spider-Man also wears a little fedora. Mm -hmm. Oh, God, yeah. It would be like a musical. Uh, (laughs) You know what? A lot of controversies around Michael Jackson, but at that time, I'm sure that would have been an interesting film. (laughs) I'm sure... It would have been watched. That's for <laughs> Michael sure. Jackson v. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. <laughs> oh god. So I'm just realizing I don't think I've seen the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man. No, I haven't. How many are there of two. Andrew Garfield? Two. Be bad. Because it seems like, like, have we had more Spider-Man than we have Batman reboots? I guess because because I guess no, we have I've... way more Batman reboots in terms of like films. I mean, okay, but let's just talk about the last like twenty years. All right. How many Batman have we had? We've had the Nolan Four. one. We've had the Pattinson one. Oh, and I guess, I guess, yeah, DC had their whole one with uh, what's his name. You know, what's his Are name? Are we talking Batman or Spider Man? Batman. Oh, yeah, Michael Keaton. No, no, no like Keaton. recently. Uh, who's the guy who oh, plays Robert Batman? Pattinson. No, before that, before Batman. Who's in Batman versus Spider Man? Christian Bale. No, ben it's, it's, a, it's another actor. Affleck, Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck. Oh yeah. my god, I forgot about. Right, there's so many Batman. I have not so there's gotten Spider Man reboots too. Because what have we had? We've had um, just the three. Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield, uh, Tom Holland. Wasn't there another Spider Man floating around at some point? 
No. No, I think okay. that's it. Man's getting too old now. There is a lot like there's there's like uh there was a Japanese show about Spider Man. Like I think that was in like this oh man. Japanese Spider Man. You should look up the trailer for the show. Yeah, it was a Japanese T V series, <laughs> nineteen seventy eight. Um, and it was just, it was just Spider-Man, but in Japan, mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, I remember seeing the intro for this and it's, it's, it, oh yeah. He turned into like a giant spider. It was basically Power Rangers, but he was Spider-Man, <laughs> but he wasn't really Spider-Man. It was awesome. Um, so there's been a lot of iterations, but yeah, recently film wise, um, a lot more Batman stuff, I think then. Yeah. Yeah. But Spider-Man. But I think, I, I, w- I think Batman is, or not just Batman, but like DC is a lot more shameless about just like rebooting constantly if they feel like it like wasn't there two uh suicide squad movies that were basically the exact same movie back to back that they rebooted like a year after the first one came out one was the worst dc movie i've ever seen one was probably one of the best dc movies i've seen <laughs> funny enough it's re- the second Once one's really we finish good the but... batman movies uh we're gonna watch those which i yeah. haven't seen so the first one's brutal best of luck <laughs> Um, you mentioned the Andrew Garfield ones, though, and I, I actually don't hate those as much. A lot of people don't look at them fondly. Mm. I think that's changing now for some reason. I think that's just how people I are. I have heard that Tobey Maguire is the best Peter Parker, Andrew Garfield is the best Spider-Man, and Tom Holland is, like, the best combo or something. I, I would agree with that 100%, because... Peter Parker, Andrew Garfield is just insufferable. He's like a weird <laughs> skater boy and he's super cool. And not, not that that's a problem, but hmm. it just doesn't seem like he, he, he doesn't really seem like he is this awkward, weird, mm. nerdy kid, even yeah. before he becomes Spider-Man. Um, but I will say one of the best parts about, I guess that's spoiling the movie. So maybe I won't address that, but there's a, there's a specific scene. They, they recreate a very significant moment in Spider-Man's life within the second andrew garfield film and it's probably one of the the best sequences out of all the films how they handled it mm. um so i i think they're worth a watch they're fun but yeah well and something that i loved about the second toby Maguire spider-man movie which i don't think i i think i may have seen once as a kid and then i saw as an adult at your old apartment mm. was oh, that's right that <laughs> Um, they really made it very comic booky, like -hmm. in the way that they did a lot of their special effects and their transitions. And I Mm. think that that is such a cool flavor to bring through from, uh, the original Spider-Man to like converting to different types of media. I agree. Sam Raimi's eye for like visualizing in film like what a comic panel would look like is phenomenal like he just has a really good grasp of like what comic books are trying to um accomplish right with their imagery well and now the spider-verse movies are like that on exactly yeah so spider-man 2 and i am biased because it's part of my childhood but that's still probably one of my favorite superhero movies of all time Hmm. and that's mainly because they made me care about doc ock who was this villain that was super lame (laughs) <laughs> in my opinion when i was younger and they made this character so much more interesting and, and so cool within that movie um i i have such fond memories of that movie i i rewatch it like at least once a year it's just it's it's awesome ryan do you watch the youtuber solid jj uh <laughs> i have not heard of him so no um I'll, I'll pop some links but yeah. uh they they just take like old comic panels and then like voice over them um, not like the actual 
plot line, obviously, but there's one where Spider-Man like like captures Doc Ock, takes his arms off, like the robot arms, and he's like, "Oh, my mobility arms! I use those because I'm disabled." And Spider-Man's like, "Yeah, good try, Doc Ock." And some bystanders like, "Wow, look at Spider-Man taking that guy's like assistive technology." He's like, "He he just robbed a bank with it." Anyway, <laughs> it's funny. That sounds great. I'm seeing a thumbnail with Captain America looking at me really intensely, and it says Avengers anti-drug PSA, and mm-hmm. it's in text. It says you'll <laughs> you'll feel like a god. So I'm gonna give that a little yeah. later. Yeah. <laughs> in terms of facts, though, that's that's all I got. I mean, well, thank now. you so much. I mean, that was fantastic. I feel like we got to have a great conversation, and we got to learn fun facts. It felt like you know what. It felt like um, the best corner at like a house party (laughs) (laughs) where like uh, you kind of walk in and you're like, yeah, I'm here to have a good time. But mostly I'm here to find two people to tell my special interest to for four (laughs) hours. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for having me. This was great. I I remember when you you guys told me you were doing this podcast. I just love when friends make stuff like I don't I don't know what it is but I just like I'm so into that I think it's so cool uh, and I've been listening for a bit and I, I thought it was really well, really nice you of you guys listening. to invite me on yeah well, thank you for coming on um we have a commemorative t-shirt for you that we definitely have already created and don't need to go now create <laughs> so thank you for being on the show oh, uh thank you and we're gonna have to bring you back for a sequel for Batman I think that'd be great. I'm super down. And you, you're going to consume a lot of Batman stuff. So I'm really curious. To yeah, well, we'll schedule that. it for like after I finish watching through all of the Batmans. And That's then we'll idea. have lots to talk about. Awesome. Well, and then at cool. the end of every episode, we just say, uh, see you next week. See you next week. I won't be here next week, but see ya. <laughs> see you never, Ryan. <laughs> Bye. If you like this episode, feel free to subscribe and leave us a review. You can find us at Fun Fact Collectors on Instagram and Twitter. If you have suggestions for future episodes or just want to share your favorite fun fact, feel free to send us an email at headnerds at funfactcollectors.com. If you're interested in learning more about today's topic, check out the show notes. This has been Fun Fact Collectors. See you next week. See you next week.